and bless him. So if you'll join with me in praying for him. Lord, we just thank you so much for Metco. Lord, we bless him today. We thank you, Father, and honor the gift that you've placed in him. Lord, he has many, but, but today we're receiving the gift of um, his amazing uh, teaching and uh, getting revelation out of the scriptures straight from heaven, Lord. We bless that. We thank you so much for who he is, all that he represents. Lord, we bless him and we get ready to receive what you're saying in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So good to see your smiling faces. Oh, praise God. Such a joy for us. It wasn't easy coming to Michigan from Texas. But seeing your smiling faces, we count it worth it. <laughs> but this is the greatest story. I mean, the Bible says, For the joy which was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And we are positioned in that season, in that dispensation, you know, for the joy of the Lord belongs to us. All he has accomplished all he has paid, all he has uh, achieved on our behalf, we are positioned in it. Isn't that awesome? Isaiah 53 says, he shall see. You know, Isaiah 53 is all about Jesus and his ministry, his struggles and pains and his victory, praise God. And at the end of that chapter, the prophet says, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. Let us live lives when, when, when God looks upon us that He will get satisfaction of what He has accomplished for every one of us. Isn't that awesome? This joy, this joy which was set before Him, oh, it is available now. We've, we have free access. He saw it and He said, I will pay it because it is worth it. It is worth it. Absolutely. One minute with Jesus counts more than thousands of days in the best place in the world. Greek islands, okay. <laughs> That's what the message Bible says. Praise God. Wow, thank you, Father. We bless your name. We receive your joy. We receive your victory and the price you have paid. And help us to live lives which will bring a satisfaction and joy to your heart. Seeing us... Uh, like your family and like being victorious over everything in this world it brings satisfaction to you because you worked it out and you paid the price and we bless your name Amen, praise the God Pr praise the Lord I'm so excited you know, to share the gospel with you God has sent us to beautify His church this is a great task you know we are uh, we have to be careful because Jesus loves the church and He paid everything required for, for our beauty, for our glory. He would present to Himself a church without spot, without wrinkle or anything, such a thing. Isn't that awesome? He will present to Himself by washing the church with what? With His Word. Washing away. This is the good news. This is the message. It has power to wash away 
anxieties, to wash away shame, guiltiness, everything which was put on us by the enemy to destroy us, God is coming and by the good news He is washing away all these things and presenting to Himself a church glorious and without spot and wrinkle. Praise God for the days for the days ahead. You know, I see greater glory coming to our lives and to the church supplied by the Lord. Okay, want to read story from the Old Testament. It's uh, very interesting, I promise, because the Bible is a book of wonders, science and wonders, and the Bible is a display of God's power, love and glory. And it's all about God's love. All the message is about God's love, because God wrote that book, and God is love. It is a love message sent to every one of us. So this story is found in the book of Second Kings, chapter 13 from verse 20 uh, it's about a resurrection <laughs> listen to this then Elisha died and they buried him and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year so it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha he revived and stood on his feet <laughs> wow what an amazing story just I know you know the story I know you read the Bible many times and you are familiar with that but you see Still, sometimes God is breaking, you know, the world in a new way and giving us new understanding, new perspectives of these stories. And recently I read these and I saw something which so much touched me and amazed me, you know. Now listen to this. This area where these people brought this dead man was marked by death by sorrow, by grief, by darkness. It was a graveyard. Come on, people. That's a place where death reigned and have control over everything. And they brought these men to that place, but still out of this place, because of what was found in the bones of Elisha, you know, the place was marked by, 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 by power, by, by life, by victory over death. And this dead guy, you know, was resurrected and brought back to life and restored completely. Praise God. Just touching the bones of Elisha. The, the very moment, that's what the Bible says. In the moment they dropped him, and he was like kind of a flying for a short time, you know. And touched the bones of Elisha, kicked out by the power of the Lord of the grave and just walking and manifesting the, the power of God's life and resurrection. Wow. I really believe when the raiders saw the resurrected man, they made it back to their country immediately, just like that. It was scary. <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, listen. What is interesting is this. There are three resurrections in the Bible. 
in the Old Testament, I mean, not in the Bible. Three resurrections only in the Old Testament. And it is interesting that we have three resurrections during the ministry of Jesus. Now, the first resurrection in the Old Testament was performed by Elijah. And it is interesting that it was a resurrection uh, which was um, related to a widow's son. Okay? And we see in the New Testament Jesus resurrecting again. One of the first resurrections he, he made was a widow's son. You remember the widow from Nain, the city of Nain? He approached the bed and resurrected her son. That's interesting. Now, the second resurrection uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, was performed by Elisha. Why? Because to him was granted a double portion of the power and the anointing of Elijah. So everything Elijah did, Elisha actually doubled it. That's awesome. So, you see, he, 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 was, following, he was following the steps of his master, and he also was able through the anointing of the Lord which was on him to, to perform a resurrection. And it was uh, the son of the Shunammite woman. You know, a teenager of a prominent person. Resurrected and brought back to life. When we go to the New Testament, we see what? We see Jesus resurrecting again a teenager of a prominent person which was Jairus' daughter. Okay, and the third resurrection, the third one I think is the most interesting and the most powerful. Now, Elisha couldn't make it somehow in the natural. The Bible tells us that he got sick of sickness so severe that he died from that sickness. And in the natural, think about these people. What we see in the natural is that hope is gone. Like expectation is not met and answered. That, that the promise and the power are gone and buried. And like death is reigning and taking control over the promise which Elijah made for Elisha. That there would be a double portion of his power, of his anointing. You know, on the life and the ministry of Elisha. And people looking and even Elisha may be taught. Man, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to make it with the resurrection. I had only one. Lord, why is this happening? Why is this sickness? He, he didn't know. He died. He was buried. But you know what? We see something beyond what Elisha saw. We see something, and you know what? The Bible doesn't tell the body of Elisha. The, body say, the Bible says the bones of Elisha. It took so long. It took so long that his body decayed and was, you know, just totally dispersed. Only the bones left. These dry bones. But you know what? The power, the power of the promise and the anointing. And, and, and was still hanging out with these bones, still functioning, living and active. After so many years, like what we see, like it, it didn't work. But actually it worked very well. Yeah. I mean, listen, there was a promise, prophetic promise, impartation from Elijah. 
And it worked out. It stood with Elisha even after his death. Even where death reigned and sickness and all this situation was marked by the power of death and sickness, we see that the promise of God and the anointing of the Lord which carries resurrection power were greater than the hold and the grip of death and sickness. And when I read this story, I was thinking this. Our promise is greater. The anointing we possess and the resurrection power, what we have available for every one of us, for the body of Christ, is much greater than what these people had in the face of Elisha in the Old Testament. Listen to these precious people. If it worked with dead men, stricken by sickness, just a promise given. If you see me, being ascended, it will be given to you. I mean, words of Elijah released to Elisha. Elijah was ascended. Elisha saw him. The mantle of Elijah, his anointing power and promise, left in the face of the Spirit, you know, with Elisha. And he doubled it. He made it. Only with the resurrections we saw he was able during his life to make only one. But actually, he did too. And you know, I was thinking, if the promise was so powerful, and the promise was able to, to, to make it in the Old Testament with dead bones of decayed body, how much more today for us what is available in the face of Jesus, not the dead one, but the resurrected one, who won the battle against the last enemy, which is death and triumph over it and the Bible says he lives forever he doesn't have any relation to death and sin anymore and he triumphs over death and over grave and you know what we are not just touching dead bones with promise and, and, and former anointing. We are touching. No. We are made partakers. And we are made one. We are united. We are made one nature. With the resurrected one. With the glorious one. With the living one. And I'm telling you. If a promise and anointing with human bones. Was able to perform and to release such a power. How much more is available today. In the face of Jesus, the resurrected one, for us to live, to live a victorious life. That's amazing. Let me read verse from, 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 from uh, the epistle to, to Romans. Thank you, Jesus. It is chapter 6, verse 4. Paul says, Therefore, we were buried with him. Buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Our lives, our lives are marked by newness. They are supported. They are created anew. From the resurrected one. God is taking the material, the substance of our lives out of Jesus' life and nature. Jesus is called our very life and the substance of our lives. Isn't that glorious story? I mean, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The third resurrection in the Old Testament 
took place in a tomb, in a graveyard. That's interesting, because God wanted the last resurrection to mark and to point to the victory which will take place in the New Testament. And Jesus' resurrection, the last one, I mean, he performed during his ministry, uh, was the resurrection of a guy called Lazarus. And Lazarus was resurrected where? In the graveyard. He was resurrected and called out of the tomb in which he was buried. So God showed to everybody after five days, you know, of, of, of hope and, and joy and expectation and everything they had being lost, Jesus appeared and you know, took control over the situation and Lazarus came out of the grave, you know even he was uh, 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 all over wrapped in, in, in that dead you know, garments and, and, and totally unable to walk, but the power of God kicked him out of the grave and placed him at the entrance showing that God is able through his word to bring life. But that's nothing to what took place with Jesus. And you know, we are not just restored to life. We are resurrected with the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 30, for we are members of his body. That's why we're having communion, because we are made one with Him, one with His body, with His nature, with His substance, and we are partaking into this. Wow, what a glorious privilege, for we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Isn't that awesome? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ and the church. So Paul is giving us a picture and he is giving us a, 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 like a, a platform, a spiritual platform in the, uh, in the face of the story with Adam and Eve. And, and, and then he, he, he transfers this story to the New Testament and he says it is the same thing functioning and working together in the face of Christ and the church. So what happened in the Old Testament with Adam and Eve? You know how Adam was created. Uh, God collected all the elements and all the uh, items and, and chemicals and whatever was found in, 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 in dirt, you know, in the earth, dust of the, the earth. Uh, we are made of these elements. We have everything in our physical bodies. I mean, copper, iron. Uh, we have uh, all kinds of, uh, of things combined in a unique way. Only God can make things like that. <laughs> and then... The Bible says he formed the body of Adam, but it was just an empty shell. There was nothing yet functioning like a living soul. Then God breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam, and the Bible says he became a living soul. In the moment Adam opened his eyes and he was aware of the environment around him, you know, and he became a living soul. The first thing he saw was the smiling face, the satisfied face of his creator. God was satisfied and he was very pleased to see Adam breathing 
and, and being aware. And it's the same with us today. In the moment we were converted, saved and born again, you know what was the first thing which strike us, uh, struck us? It was not the church building or whatever was going on inside with the meeting. It was the face. The face of our Creator, of our Savior. Because when I was born again and saved, I had access, free access to my Heavenly Father, to my Creator. And I, I, I was made one with Him. I saw the smiling, satisfied face of my Savior because of the price He paid and what He has done on the cross. He is satisfied with His work, seeing it functioning into us. But that was not enough. Listen, then man was functioning fully alive, enjoying the, the Garden of Eden and things like that, but something was missing. Something was missing, so God said, I will, I will give him sustainer, I will, I will give him a helper which will match his, his expectations. And God brought all the creatures and all the animals to Adam, but uh, I mean, they, they couldn't answer the, the, the expectation of his heart. Then the Lord said, okay, uh, I will make something extraordinary, something special, which will bring satisfaction to his soul. Then the Bible says, he brought what? A deep sleep. Deep sleep on Adam. Like anesthesia, you know. And that, that's prophetic. It points to the death of Jesus. And then he took he took part of his body, his material body, he, he, he took, instead of repeating the same procedure like with Adam, if it was me, I won't do this. You know, I will just repeat the way Adam was created. Why, why doing something different, something strange, if the first one uh, worked? I mean, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. <laughs> and it worked well with Adam. But God was doing something absolutely different from the first time. Why? Because it is a spiritual lesson and Paul talks about that picture, you know, in the New Testament. That is all about Jesus and the church and related to us and Christ in the face of what took place with Adam. So deep sleep and then he took part of his nature, of his body and his substance and out of it he made Eve. And then he presented he, Adam. Adam woke up and, 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 and Eve was presented from the Lord to him. And when he saw the woman, he prophesied. And he said, this beautiful creature would be called woman because she was taken out of man. That's why man will leave his father and mother, the closest, you know, relatives, and will be joined to, 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 to the woman and they will become one flesh and they will be one and made one. For this reason, he said, man will leave his father and mother because there would be something greater than, than your parents. Something which will be closer to you and to your nature. Bone, that's why. And, and Adam said, she is bone of my bones. 
and flesh of my flesh, and nature and substance out of my nature and substance. And Paul says, it speaks to Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? The way we were, we, the body of Christ, the believers, we were made, it, it, it is the same story through the death which took place on the cross. Through the death of Jesus, this deep sleep which God caused on Jesus, you know, on our behalf, something new came out in existence. The body of Christ was created, the church, the believers, and we are a result of the price He paid. But everything we possess today, our new existence is taken out of His life, of His resurrection, of His victory. Also, His righteousness, holiness, wisdom, everything He is, that's the material and that's the substance of our existence. I don't worry about my righteousness. You can do the best. But it's not going to be God's righteousness. But that's what God the Father has inputted into us on our behalf, first of all. You know, this is our pledge, our guarantee. We have God's righteousness, Jesus' righteousness inputted. All the things Jesus had, God took Him and made Him, made him ours. I was interested, you know, reading the story of Adam. You know, I was inter- interested about the, 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 the part God chose to, to take from Adam. Isn't that interesting that he took a rib, the Bible says. And I wasn't sure it was a rib. Because it was so strange to me. Why the rib uh, exactly? You know, why not some other part or, uh, from so many parts in the body? Why especially God has chosen a rib to take it? And I went and checked the the original language, and actually it was a rib, definitely. But you know, the Hebrew language is so rich. I mean, uh, a Hebrew word can represent a number, and a Hebrew word can represent also a picture of something. So... Every time we have a Hebrew word, it is not just one thing, okay? So I went and was just very surprised to see that this rib God took from Adam to, to, make, to make Eve actually means two other things also. Guess what? First of all, uh, it means a wooden plank or, or beam, huge, massive wooden beam. And also... Also, it, it gives you a picture of the hillside. And it means also a hillside. And I got it because, you know, if Adam speaks about and points to Jesus, you know, out of his rib, Eve was made and came into existence, it points to Jesus. And this rib speaks about the cross on the beam, on the wooden beam on which Jesus was crucified and he carried that burden, you know, to the hill of Golgotha. And the hillside speaks about Golgotha, the place where Jesus was crucified. And finally, you know what? The centurion proving that Jesus is dead, actually, the final act of the execution proving that Jesus is dead was piercing with a huge, uh, you know, uh, a spear, uh, just piercing his side. And the Bible said, out of it, water and blood flew out and 
It proved that Jesus paid the price and he was dead indeed. That's why they didn't break his legs. Because this piercing on the side in which Thomas you know, put his hand and, and Jesus took his hand and put it in that final wound, you know, speaks that we are made not of the mind of God. We are made not of the hands of the power and activity of God. We came into existence made by the affections, by His love. We are taken out of His sight. Where is the area, you know, of the affections? Out of His love, His intimacy. And Jesus died for us out of love, not out of demand. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. Now think about this. Dead men touching dead bones, decaying, you know, being brought to life and started walking in newness of life. Guess what is available in the face of Jesus today for every one of us? Made one from the resurrected one, from the material, in the same way Eve was made of, out of Adam, not in the same way Adam was made of the dust. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Born out of the same spirit and united with the Lord. The Bible says he, the one who is united with the Lord is one spirit with him. And another word said... Uh, uh, he has given us the spirit of His Son. What a sonship. What a, what a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what Elisha translated on English means? That, that's an interesting question. Because all they means they mean something special. And I was interested to see and went and checked. And actually... Elisha, translated on English, means salvation of God. That's a good one. Makes sense, I mean. Dead men touching the salvation of God, being kicked out of the grave, and being marked with victory over death. And it speaks about Jesus, because Jesus is the salvation of God, given and released to every one of us, so we might walk in newness of life. Amen. That's awesome. Let me finish giving you a story that reminded me last night. In our country, our country is very old. It was established the, the 6th century. And we have a lot of history. Now, uh, there was a custom at one time, in the ancient times in our country, when a mason will build a bridge over the river, you know, connecting the, the two banks. Uh, when, when the bridge would be open uh, for public uh, use and, and uh, used by, 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 by people, you know, uh, he, the first time something will pass the bridge, he, the mason, alone would go under the bridge and will stay under the bridge. And usually they will load like uh, carts, wheel carts of, of, uh, driven by oxen, you know, heavy, with, with a lot of wheat, barley, whatever is found, you know, and they will go over the bridge and 
the, the mason will stay under the bridge. And his life, his life, I mean, is the pledge which stands behind the durability and, 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 and the power of the bridge. Actually, he guarantees with his life that what he has built and created will endure. And last night I was stricken, it came like a glimpse to my mind, you know, this story got reminded me, and then he spoke to me with this picture. And I realized what God is trying to tell me, that Jesus' life and his existence, he is, he created a bridge actually and gave us access to the Father. And by His life, by His death, and everything He has accomplished, you know, we are able to make it, and to cross, and to make it to the Father in His kingdom. But you know, someone in His life, at the pledge, at the guarantee, that it will, it will uh, endure, that, it will make it and not be destroyed, won't collapse under us, and that it will endure facing all the pressure, all the challenges, and all the storms of life. Jesus sustained that bridge in His life. His salvation, His resurrection, His victory, and His life most of all. Isn't that good? I mean, just... My life is not that important. The, my life is sustained by the life of Jesus because Jesus is called our life. The apostle says, when Jesus, who is our life, appears, we will appear with Him. You see, Jesus' life is the pledge, is the guarantee for, for, for the breach. We, for, for our lives, you know, walking and doing things and whatever, facing storms and challenges and things like There is someone beneath, standing, supporting with you. The victory He has is your victory. The power He has is your power. The righteousness, the holiness, the joy, everything He has is yours and belongs to you and your life is supported. God is taking the substance out of Jesus, beauty and glory, and releasing those things to you. That's so awesome, so beautiful. It's not about us. It is all about Jesus, the resurrected one. Wow! We possess something which is greater than, one, uh, than, than everyone in the Old Testament ever had. Think about Samuel. Think about the prophets. Think about Nehemiah, Jeremiah. Think about John the Baptist. Jesus said, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Are you, do you feel like that? Be honest. I don't feel. But Jesus said, I am greater. Not because what I am, but because what is available for me and what I have in the face of Jesus today, you know, makes me greater than the greatest one ever born of a woman because even he was the greatest, 
He didn't have and didn't possess what we have and we possess today in the face of Jesus. All that free gift and, and access and blessings and the Holy Spirit and being born again and having free access to the, the Father, being, uh, being made holy and, and righteous and our sins being forgiven in such a glorious way, you know, John the Baptist didn't have that, that opportunity. You and me were privileged to have something of which the prophets and all the great men in the Old Testament were prophesying and just pointing. And, and, and the New Testament said, it was appointed for us. And God provided something for us which is greater. Hebrews chapter 11 ends with that statement that what God has provided for us is way better and beyond what was available for them in the Old Testament. Jesus stands under the construction of the kingdom of God. He built for you so you can make it and you can go. I promise you, you will have victory. And do you know where is the, 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 the vehicle of your victory? Where is the reason of your victory? It, it consists in Jesus, who is the support of the whole construction of the kingdom of God in our lives and the church and everything we are involved. We are not just making contact with dead bones. If dead bones work only because of a promise and death wasn't able to destroy the promise and the anointing, we don't have just a promise. We have a covenant. We have a covenant sealed and marked by the blood of Jesus. And I'm telling you this morning, nothing is able to cancel it and nothing is able to destroy it. It will make it, it will function until, until it accomplishes everything God has appointed to come and to meet us in the face of everything Jesus paid. Praise God. Thank you so much. We want to declare this morning God's victory. And uh, I just want you to leave this place today with the, the confidence and understanding that you are made one with Him. That your new life, your existence, your, your life of Christian and believer actually consists in Jesus. And, and enemy, death, challenges, the world, the graveyard, darkness is not able to overcome it. It's going to last forever. It's going to be glorious because the end of which we are appointed, we are made for the glory. And Romans chapter 8 says, the ones He has chosen, He also glorified. No exceptions and excuses. Every one of us, that He is appointed His final destination for glory and to be glorified. Doesn't matter what you are going through. You know, I, I think the final destination is the most important. And you are made for God's glory. Heavenly Father, we bless your people. We prophesy. We declare. And we receive life forevermore. 
blessings forevermore. We receive from the living one and from the living source of new life, Jesus Christ. And we declare that we are made one. And we declare that there is no power in this world which can prevent us to shine with your glory and to triumph over death, over the flesh, over the weaknesses and everything we are facing. It is Christ who is the substance of our lives. Father, thank you so much for these blessed people, for this community, for this fellowship. But most of all, thank you for being the savior of God, salvation of God, like Elisha was salvation of God and released double portion and power into that man, brought him back to life. We declare that you are the salvation, Jesus Christ, you are the salvation of our heavenly Father, much more glorious, stronger and powerful than anything which took place in this human history. You are the final you are the final victory of God over all the enemies, even death. And we declare your people will make it on this bridge. We are walking, yes, over the depths of the world. We won't be afraid because Jesus is underneath supporting the whole system, supporting the kingdom, supporting the church, the body of Christ, sustaining it with His glory and His power. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for having us. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, God, that impossible things are, are possible. That things that our dead are seen completely hopeless, can be raised from the dead, can come to life in you. And I just was thinking dreams, you know, even, even thoughts that we had from when we were young. You know, God can resurrect those things. And um, people that we feel like are hopeless in our lives. God can totally do amazing, impossible miracles with them. And so we just bless that in our lives in the name of Jesus. All right, why don't we all stand up? <clears throat> And um, if anyone is here who would like to give their life to the one who can completely <clears throat> save them and rescue them, today would be a good day to do that. And um, I just want to welcome anyone whose hearts are stirred. Um, if you'd like more prayer, Pastor Mitko and Albana will be available to, to pray for you. We also have a prayer team available uh, to pray for you, as well as a prophetic team of people who have been trained to hear God. God's voice and we'll speak what they feel like God is saying and record it for you. Um, other than that, you can go ahead and greet one another and get your children out of Kids Church and have a nice refreshment of a donut or perhaps another cup of coffee. Otherwise, be blessed and have a great day. Amen.
Whatever.